Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, and a uh, good morning to you. Uh, here we go again, March 25th. I should be doing a countdown, shouldn't I? Remember when, um, I guess this was when Nightline first began. Uh, the show with Ted Koppel. I'm trying to think of now what started Nightline. Ah, it was when during the Carter administration, when uh, the Americans were being held hostage in uh, in Iran, and I think that gave rise that crisis gave rise to um, that television show. You can check check on that. I could be wrong. This is something that just occurred to me as the as uh, as the show began. I was thinking that because in Nightline they started doing this countdown um, on on the show of day one, day two, day three, day four of the of how long the um, Americans were being held hostage, and uh, I've I've lost count of uh, of days, and I'm not quite sure where to start it, but. Uh, we're probably in for a long haul here, and it could well be that the show already uh, existed, and my memory of it is that they started that that clock in the corner, the count, the countdown. It was not a countdown; it was a count up, and you know, single digits led to double digits, led to triple digits, led to Ronald Reagan being elected. Uh, well, here we are. What we would give for Ronald Reagan today, huh? <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah, well, see you all at Easter services, you know. Um, man, that'll be that'll be great. I don't want to talk about that yet. It's too early in the morning. Did I give the date? March 25th. Um... I'm wondering if all of you have the same experience that I do, that that moment when you wake up in your bed uh, in the morning and there's this split second where maybe it's just a millisecond where it's like it used to be. Ah, you wake up and then bang. The reality, the reality of of your life now, and and it's you know it's like getting just hit in the head first thing in the morning. Something your first thing to overcome, isn't that the truth? I was talking to a friend last night, and I was thinking how we think of time um, historically. Um, and it shows the power of, uh, you know, the Western Christianized world who have essentially created the timeline of uh, B.C., before Christ, and A.D. Does A.D. – I always thought it meant after death, but I got a feeling it doesn't. Is that what that means? Before B.C. and A.D. with the year zero – um, you know, in between. Um, and again, that's that's a certain way of time uh, counting. That's a calendar um, that uh, my faith does not subscribe to um, because we were counting a long time before that and still are. So we're up in the 5,000s uh, when this Christianized calendar is in the 20,000s. I mean, 2000s. Oh, what am I saying? I don't know. I didn't sleep well last night. Um, but I was thinking for many of us, because of the extraordinary change in our lives of this event, um, 
that should almost be the new timeline because nothing will ever be quite the same again. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we will, when we come out the other end of this, we will, for our suffering, be wiser and maybe even kinder. And that might be pie in the sky, but that's what I'm hoping. And I'm thinking BC and AD don't do it for me anymore. So I think it would be, what would it be? BC still works before Corona. And AC (laughs) after Corona or something like that. But uh, you know, I I really do think that that our lives um, will never quite return to where they were. That might just be me, and that might be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, but I don't know how an entire world of people, the entire globe, can go through. Uh, a common and uh, terrifying and so consequential an event and not uh, change in in some real ways. Um, a friend sent me a piece the other day uh, that uh, she came upon at um, from the Harvard uh, Business Review, a publication on normal days I would not um, ever read. But um, wait a minute. I see that. uh, Oh, Amy, thank you. (laughs) AD is Anno Domino. Domino? Latin for in the year of our Lord, AD. Oh, of course it wouldn't be after death. Then it would be 33 years or whatever, however old he was later. (laughs) AD. Well, but BC is not Latin, is it? What's BC stand for? And then there's a BCE before the common era. What the hell's that? Oh, who cares? Anyway, the Harvard Business Review. And um, they ended up interviewing um, a, a doctor named David Kessler. And he is the world's foremost expert on, on grief. Uh, He is the one who uh, co-wrote with, uh, I think, maybe the more famous Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the book on grief and grieving, the one that, uh, you know, delineated these five stages of loss. He then, Kessler, added a a book uh, with her blessing, I believe, before she died, of um, a sixth stage, uh, which he called meaning finding meaning from all of all of that um and he he has a a a you might want to look at is uh he is the founder of uh www.grief.com and i had mentioned uh, a few days ago i think when do we get to grieve the losses that we are suffering on a daily basis. Um, And so the Harvard Business Review folks turned to Kessler and, uh, and yeah, he, he uh, agrees. He says, you know, the world has changed. And we, while we know this is temporary, um, it sure as hell doesn't feel that way. Uh, but that is like since 9-11. Remember what it used to be like to go to the airport before 9-11? Ah, yes, I do. And since. That also was a, a delineation, a point at which what we had considered normal changed forever. But the loss of normalcy the loss of what we thought was, you know, going to be our lives is reason, obviously, to feel grief. 
And a lot of us are not recognizing that some of the emotion we're feeling is that, is grief. Whether it's the loss of connection to friends and family, whether it's the loss of people, whether it's the loss of your 401k, whether it's the loss of a sense of stability and security, um, we're grieving alone, together. And we aren't used to this kind of collective grief. Um, with a virus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Kessler here. With a virus, this kind, you know, grief is so confusing for people because we're engaging in anticipatory grief, fearing the loss of all kinds of things, our jobs, our livelihood, our, our, our family members, our friends, people we, we love. And our primitive mind, because that's what we got, our primitive mind is aware something bad, something bad is happening. We can't see it. And boy, our primitive brain is not wrong in saying, shit, <laughs> that's, that's not good. We're under attack and I can't see the enemy. And so we grieve also for a loss of a sense of safety. And Kessler says, I don't think we've collectively lost our sense of general safety like this before. And that's big. I mean, individually we maybe have, or in smaller groups we have, but all of us together, this is new. So we are grieving on a micro scale individually in our own heads and hearts. And we are also grieving on this universal level as well. And, and Kessler goes on to say, you know, those five stages, oh, you know, I can't remember where they come. It was anger and uh, anger, denial, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, bargaining, I know that's one, um, and, and, and you can see how maybe you know you're, you're you've been in all those places. And he says, don't think they happen in a certain order, and they don't happen, and then you go careening back into another one. Uh, but finally, you do end up, if you can, at acceptance. He says, and. Um, and acceptance would be like, okay, <laughs> this is the this is what's happening. This is it. I can't change it. I can't. There's nothing I can do. This is it. So I have to figure out how to proceed because I'm alive and I'm living in it. And Kessler says this kind of acceptance is where power lies. Uh, because you can find some measure of control in acceptance. Okay, I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to keep a safe distance. I'm going to work from home. I'm going to do everything that the people say I should do to keep myself and my family safe. Um, so that's some of what he says. Let me see if there's anything else here. that He says, and this will be easier for some than for others, because I've said this must be holy hell on control freaks. <laughs> because uh, you, you're, you're finding out you just don't have it. Not that you ever really did, but you just don't have it. Um, he says it'd be good to figure out how to let go of what you cannot control. 
what your neighbor is doing, you can't control. Um, what some other idiot maybe is doing, you cannot control. Um, just look to what you can control. That's you. Uh, and he says one one of the hard things, and this is the one that I, I admit is the one that's getting me. One particularly troubling aspect of our new normal is the open-endedness. I said yesterday, I feel like uh, we're all living in with some indeterminate jail sentence. And it's hard not to know that there'll be when, when, when will it end? And that's why our child president uh, decided Easter. <laughs> because in his truly primitive little pea brain, that is something that he has to have. He has to know this is going to end. He's decided, he's decreed Easter. And and in fact, a reporter at his little, whatever that is, that show he does every day now, um, Mr. President, how did you come up with that date, with with Easter? And do you know what our president said, quote, I thought it was a beautiful time. Yeah. That, of course, is not a leader's response, nor is this arbitrary end date he has decreed. Um, so that is one of the more troubling aspects the open-endedness of it. But Kessler says it helps to remind yourself that, in fact, this is temporary. might be a long temporary, but it is temporary. It will end. It is survivable. And it is time to overprotect, but not to overreact. And this will end. Unfortunately, you can't be told when. And that's that's tough. That is really tough. And he does think too that there will be meaning and wisdom that many of us will get. From this, um, and and here's his final words. He was asked, "What do you, uh, what do you have to say to someone who is just overwhelmed, uh, overwhelmed with everything, and um, with what he is defining as grief?" Okay, you might feel it as fear. You might feel it as rage. You might feel it as whatever. But it's it really all holds under the umbrella of incredible loss and grief. And here are Kessler's words. Maybe they'll help. Keep trying. There is something powerful about naming this as grief. It helps us feel what's inside of us. Um, he says, so many people have told me in the past week, uh, I'm telling my coworkers I'm having a hard time or I cried last night. You know, when you name it, you feel it and it moves through you. Emotions, he says, need motion. Emotions need motion. It's important they be acknowledged so that we can help to move them through us. 
He says this, one unfortunate byproduct (laughs) of the self-help movement is that we're pretty much the first generation to have feelings about our feelings. So we tell ourselves things like, I feel sad, but I shouldn't feel sad. Other people have it worse. I was telling, that's exactly what I said, I think, to my sister yesterday. I said, how can we complain? How can we, my God? I feel this or that, but my God, it doesn't. It doesn't rise anywhere near the level of what some people are dealing with. And Kessler says, don't do that. Uh, Stop at the first feeling. (laughs) I feel sad or I feel scared. Stop there. Don't add a but. I shouldn't. Just stop there. And let yourself go for five minutes to feel what you're feeling, sad, angry, fearful, whatever. He says this, and then I'll shut up. (sighs) And if you believe that, okay, your work is to feel your sadness and fear and anger, whether or not someone else is feeling something. Fighting it doesn't help because your body is producing the feeling. So you're fighting against yourself. Don't do it. Your body is feeling something. Sit with it. Let it be. Fighting it doesn't help. If we allow the feelings to happen, they will happen in a more orderly way and it will empower you. And when you are empowered, you are not a victim. All right, so that from uh, David Kessler, and I want to thank uh, Tricia for for sending me that. Because, um, you know, in as much as you can, uh, keep it in mind and practice it. It's it's good. It's good. Um, what else do I have here? I just sort of loathe to go there. I I had a lot of rage yesterday for the president. I made the mistake of watching part of his six o'clock follies. Um, And uh, it is is really something. It is really something. Um, And I think at least Fauci was back. And and, you know, when Fauci was talking or when anyone else who's actually an expert is talking, you see Trump standing there. And I, I mean, I, I just can't help but feel that what's going on, what's going on in his head when Dr. Fauci is speaking? Probably something akin to what Charlie Brown uh, hears when when uh, you know grown-ups are talking. You know, just just noise because he's not listening. He's incapable of taking in that which he does not want to hear. He's incapable of tolerating somebody else being the center of attention while he stands to the side. So um, he at one point says something, and this, oh, I just screamed. This one, I shut it off. Um, my feminist rage made me shut it off. Trump said, I will be working with Dr. Fauci and Deborah. Who's Deborah? I thought. Dr. Fauci and Deborah? And then I realized, I mean, I still haven't checked, but Deborah must be the first name of the long wasted <laughs> Dr. Bricks, the woman, doctor, expert, the, uh, 
the health advisor to the coronavirus task force, that doctor. And there is effing Trump saying, I will be working with Dr. Fauci. Yeah, the guy gets the title. And Deborah. That's when I turned it off. I should have turned it off before then, but that's what finally did it for me. Um, I think, hang on, we have a caller. Um, caller, go ahead, please. Hi. He was, talk- he was talking about the girl. Did he actually say the girl at one point? No. Oh, no, you're saying he was talking about, yeah, the girl. Yeah, you're right. Unbelievable. And, and and don't you think Fauci's skin crawls every time he has to stand there and listen to it? I'm looking for expressions. And like, I mean, how do they, they're going to get, they should get Academy Awards and this is all over with. Or else they're evil too. What is it, you know? Um, I can't imagine, you know, I, I, I could not do what they're doing. Um but, you know, part of me says, why don't they literally, you know, just tell the truth and say what the president just said is absolutely incorrect? Because they know that if they do, they're gone. And they are afraid of being gone because they need to be there to at least ameliorate, right, uh, perhaps, if possible. They have a sense of they have a sense of duty. They're true patriots. They they fucking truly care. And they're maybe the last grown ups in the room since all his cabinet guys have oh, disappeared. All the Boy Scouts are gone. And now we got this mess and um and, and the Easter thing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I it's amazing. I, I, I think this will all be over. I'll be all very happy when the Pirates win the World Series, too. How about that? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's when, it's when re- religious fanatics and people have been burying their heads in the sand for 30 years now. Um, are, are, are Finally, they're up against science. And you, know, you, can, you can deny, 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 but when you're dead or your loved ones are dead, then... Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, I was listening to Fresh Air the other day. Did you hear the one where Terry Gross is interviewing uh, was it Max Brooks? No. And um, Max Boot. basically says, "Wait, wait, wait, Max Ma- Boot Ma- Ma- or Max Brooks? Brooks, like Albert Brooks, I think his son, or is it Mel Brooks' son? Gosh, no, it's not. A, I don't know. There's Mel Brooks. I don't know that there's a Max Brooks. No. David Brooks. That's the son." Uh, that's the son who, who, who wrote World Oh, World Max Adam. Brooks, the son of Mel Brooks. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. You're not Albert. Mel. And he says, you know, all these shortages of supplies and everything. So it's just, you know, it's not necessarily Trump's fault. It's just a collection of years and years of shrinking government, lowering taxes. And this has been going on for the past 30 some years because. We don't want government getting involved in anything anymore. And yeah. he says, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's led to this. Now we're in a crisis and we're not prepared. And, and I guess my big beef, and he didn't say this, my big beef is, you know, when we have a for-profit healthcare system, you know, they're treating hospital beds like hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't want empty ones because that's just money being wasted. And that's why and we have so few hospital beds in, in a situation yeah, like, like this. Right. And, and you can't think that way. You've got to be prepared for the worst all the time. And that's what a responsible parental well, society works. Right. And right. I don't know how, you know, I guess it started with the John Birch Society. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows where it started? All these things start with human nature, unfortunately, the the worst parts of it. Hey, I got to go because I'm having a little technical difficulty here I, that, that's taken my uh, attention away. But thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you for You're the call. Uh, my okay. website, guys, has, has tanked. Um, uh, it, I, can't, I can't get it up, as they say. 
easier for me to say than a guy is supposed to say that. So I'm heading over to um, my uh, Cullen show at Yahoo uh, account, and 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 you should too. <laughs> Cullen show at at Yahoo, okay? Um, and I do get that it well it doesn't matter it doesn't it doesn't matter um there was some breaking news that i saw uh local uh right before we we started up um and that is is that the uh pittsburgh uh sanitation workers the guys who pick up your garbage um refused to work today Okay, so if you have a if you have a Wednesday pickup and uh, you haven't heard those rumbling trucks, the reason is the workers are refusing um, the parking lot at uh, the sanitation building where they start out on their routes was packed early this morning with uh, with the people who are usually now out on those trucks. And uh, they say that they've got a list of demands that they want met before they return to work. Now, I would say that they have got some serious leverage (laughs) because the one thing that we don't need on top of everything else is garbage piling up, which becomes a health hazard as well. Um, They are refusing because they say – that they are not being given any protective gear and they feel extremely um at risk is ryan there ryan hello ryan are you there yep oh you are great Uh, ryan dito uh reporter uh, senior uh senior writer at uh pittsburgh city paper are are you uh, are you up at all on this uh on, on this sanitation um walkout? Uh, yeah, I I just saw I just saw the the breaking stuff today and so um no, I think you probably know more than I do. I've been uh I had to pick something up from my girlfriend uh today and then okay. I'm working on this uh, other story. Okay, okay. But so um well, I'll share what I have. Uh okay. they say that they want protective gear, they want masks. They say they want hazard okay. hazard pay. Um, yeah. He they one of the guys was quoted as saying, "There's several of us who are diabetic, including yeah. myself. So if I catch yeah. this, I could die." There's a bunch of people. How many of you are diabetic? And a bunch of people raise their hands. And they oh. I, apparently uh, Mayor Peduto um, is. Uh, they're waiting for a statement from uh, the mayor. They were told okay. to report back tomorrow at okay. uh, 5.30, but they uh, they were sent home um, okay. with pay. It's pretty crazy. They don't have masks, I have to say. Well, they should have masks on a good day, it would seem. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know. I don't think any day they should be wearing Yeah, masks. right. I, I do want to say I've often, um, I've often sung the praises of uh, – of sanitation workers. I mean, yeah. what is like one of the more, uh, this is a job that, you know, most people would not want. It's a job that is looked down on, you know, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. I'm a garbage man, right? It, it's right. like, like right. the lowest of the low. Right. right. And yet, usually like a pretty well-paying job. And yeah, it, it pays okay. But here, yeah. here, here's the thing. Yeah. It's, um, we find out this is a vital life saving kind of job. So while mine isn't and a whole bunch of other people have found out that their jobs are not important enough uh, to stay functioning. These guys who are at the low end of the totem pole, they have the job that, impacts all of us more right. than any than any other um yeah. than many others and yeah. and yet we don't and I, that's why i say they have got um some serious leverage here oh for sure 
I've, I've, yeah. I've got a feeling action's going to be pretty swift. I would think. I would think. If I were if I, if I were the, the boss, I mean, if I were Peduto, I, I, would, um, I would immediately, yes, give them masks and gloves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they might um, not have masks, though. They might well, have masks, right? yeah, they're like fine. Supported, I, right? Whatever I I and I would not give them hazardous duty pay. I would not. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact of the matter is, is their job is hazardous. One of the more hazardous jobs. Yeah. Uh, garbage uh, people who collect garbage are, are regularly um, injured on the job. I mean, it's one of the higher injury rates of oh, any really? I didn't know that. of any profession. I mean, first of all, you know they, they it, just the physical toll of it but also idiots uh putting out uh things uh you know like broken glass i mean they get cut they get so right all all i'm saying is uh one of the garbage guys was quoted on katie as saying i say if we don't pick up your rubbish what are you going to do with it (laughs) (laughs) leave it out on the street uh, yeah, and then we got a rat <laughs> infestation, and then we've got um, whatever. Uh, yeah. So um, there we have it. So yeah. Um, yeah, what story are you? I mean, any story you're working on has to be related to this, I would imagine. Yeah. Everything, what are, What are you working yeah, on? I'm 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 going to be writing something up about about the strike too. Probably just aggregate because it looks like a lot of other reporters have done good work. But, what um, I did? Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! You're talking oh, too sorry. fast and you ain't enunciating, I, and I didn't catch <laughs> a word. <laughs> so yeah, I'll probably write something up on the garbage strike. But um, also, uh, Port Authority uh, recently changed their boarding policy, which is which which effectively changes their uh, fare policy for the buses, at least. Um, so uh, everyone on who still will be riding Port Authority buses as of today um, will board only through the back door unless you unless you need to board to the front. Like if you um, if you're in a wheelchair, or, yeah, or if you're in a wheelchair or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so so everyone's going to be boarding through the back doors, and uh, effectively you're basically just showing the bus driver your Connect card, uh-huh. which is essentially a free ride um, on the bus, right? Because they can't because you can't actually tap your card and uh, there's really no way for them to know if you have a. Well, it's ridiculous uh, for them to even have to show it. Um, no um, one's getting on a bus right. if they don't have to get on a bus. Right. Right. And so right. I, this is obviously to protect the drivers. Yes. This is to protect the drivers and, and to, and to uh, um, encourage, uh, you know, the six feet social distancing that they're uh, trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. And so for bus for buses they'll be doing that. Light rails are basically going to stay the same because um, the light rail drivers are already kind of in a plastic enclosure, and the fare box is like around the back, or or sometimes it's uh, on the platform um, where the, they'll be doing that. So that's a change. A lot of transit advocates have been calling for that, um, and so yeah, that's a change. Uh, apparently, they're going to pass a. Big, big, big uh, bill today that might um, also provide like uh, twenty-five billion, I think, to um, transit agencies. Public transit. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about the Congress. You're talking about the Congress. Yeah, talking about yeah, Congress. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is kind yeah. of in line with the fact that, like, you know, Port Authority knows that it's just losing money. It's just going to be losing a lot of ridership. It's losing a lot of money, and they're basically biting the bullet, uh, at least for the bus uh, riders, which is a majority of uh, the. Uh, um, agency writers uh, in terms of what is what is essentially a fairless policy. Yeah, I it, well, it should be. I have, you know, when I'm out walking my uh, my dog, I do. Mm-hmm. I see buses go by and invariably they're empty and or there's you see two people in them. Um, so there's no doubt that uh, all of these transit. I mean, the New York subway is empty. If one right. can imagine such a thing. Yeah, 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 and you know we're 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 a little more fortunate, um, you know, in Pittsburgh area because we only get about twenty five percent of the revenue from fares uh, compared mm-hmm. to other agencies like DC, which is usually around like fifty percent of the revenue from fares. So um, that puts us in a little bit better position 
short term, at least in terms of uh, maybe not having to cut as much service as mm-hmm. other places have had to cut, even though we've already cut 25 percent of well, our service recently. Here's what I don't get. I, I don't understand why why we remain one of the states that is not totally closed down. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting, too. I know Erie, um, Erie uh, issued a stay at home order. Um, Erie has yesterday. now. I, think, I mean, so all the yeah. city. I mean, so they they think it's just, you know, yeah. They, obviously, Wolf's thinking just urban areas. Um, he's not yeah. thinking about you know the rural areas. And and right. granted, I mean, obviously, they are probably you know less likely by virtue of the the space in between yeah. people, but but. If you were if, when you start this cherry picking stuff, I don't yeah. think it works because yeah, people I'm, move I'm around. Yeah, especially like in Pittsburgh, because there's still like a there's still a decent amount of the population that lives just outside of Allegheny County, um, yeah. like Cranberry and you know Peter yeah. Township are, are like really fastly growing area server uh, in Butler County. Um, like these these uh, these areas have still have a lot of people, so they're still probably coming in and out of our county, which, yeah, um, I I would be, I would be thinking that the whole state's going to be shut down soon, sooner rather. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really a little surprised at Wolf in this regard. Um, You know, I am too. I am too. I mean, it, it does seem like confusing because, because on some things he's been swift. Yes. On other things he hasn't been. And, you know, and, you know, in fairness, um, there isn't really a united, Front for him at this point, like and like when he does something, um, there are there's still some bad voices that are like saying it's wrong, um, particularly conservatives like Mike Curzai and some others. Um, so, uh, you know, um, I I also sort of understand his predicament a little bit, but at the same time, he's also like you know his last term, do whatever you want. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, uh, by the way, I've also gotten this, speaking of what we were talking about, the uh, Pittsburgh uh, sanitation workers walking off today. Um, I'm looking at um, another tweet that's uh, not from here saying that the rank and file strike upsurge sweeping the country is the most important coronavirus no- story that nobody is talking about. And and this uh, talks about um, at a Domino's. Now, I don't know where this Domino's is, but a, uh-huh. an entire, uh, all the employees at a Domino's walked out of their store. They, it, it, the general manager is the one who, who first walked out. He oh, said yeah. he he would no longer continue working unless he was offered paid sick leave. And, and then everybody else walked outside. They were telling customers who were coming up to the store. There's no one in there to serve you. And they were waiting for Domino's to do something. Have you heard about that? I don't know where. No, no. I mean, I haven't heard about that. I've definitely heard about uh, broader pressure that's being applied to a lot of companies that don't offer paid sick leave to offer paid sick leave. Um, uh, I know that um, uh, Olive Garden and its uh, parent company were pressured at the beginning, really, of the, like, um, you know, the, like, this whole quarantine era. And they mm-hmm. they they actually pretty swiftly uh, announced the paid sick leave policy for everybody um, that works at, you know, Olive Garden and those other chains that they own. It's like a big conglomerate. Um, I know that I wrote a story about uh, Whole Foods and how... Um, they are offering an emergency paid time off policy, but it's only if you contract, uh, you know, COVID-19 or are issued a, a quarantine because someone else like around you, you know, contacted COVID-19 or something. It's just a little unfair to policy. And a lot of workers are, 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 are saying that policy is too, um, is too lenient and is not, um, you know, I guess it's uh, robust enough that, could really help like Whole Foods workers that like feel like they are in danger of getting sick, that like they should be given emergency pay time off as well. So, so I think there are a lot of efforts around the country to expand it. I, I, I find it really, um, I think one of the biggest stories really about this whole, you know, coronavirus outbreak is, uh, 
all these social welfare policies, all these paid time offers, all these things that really like a lot of Democrats and a lot of liberals and a lot of, of leftists have been asking for yeah. for a long time are now starting to get like just people with dominoes that are just like, oh, I, I, I demand this under these things. So it's, it's kind of bringing to light the like the true dangers of not having these policies when we are under this um, epidemic. Yeah. Well, I, I know that's what I certainly uh, think. I know it's something that uh, Republicans are fearing that um, right. this is, um, you know, turning Americans into uh, into socialists or at least opening up their right. eyes. Whatever you want to talk. Have you have you seen uh, they're starting to circle the wagons around this idea that grandparents should just. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Like it was one like funny joke, or like it was one thing that like Lieutenant Governor of Texas said, who who who's just an idiot. He has a lot of stupid things, but um, and uh, now I'm seeing more and more people repeating this line, basically, like Glenn Beck said it yes. yesterday, uh, Britt Hume from Fox News said it today. Um, so they're like really starting to. This is like this is like their strategy. It's so weird that like conservatives are starting to like this is their strategy of basically like macho patriotism, die for the economy, die for your of. country, yeah, <laughs> die for your country. And I mean, it's absurd because they actually think I don't know what. Well, they don't think. I mean, they, right? They, they yeah, think they what this thing is only them. taking out. This thing is only taking out old people. It's not. There's plenty okay. of. It could take, and and most of them are old too. I mean, I don't, but they of course have access to the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. Uh, by the way, right. one of our one of our um, one of our listeners wrote this. Uh, I agree, the entire state needs to be shut down. I heard that Erie County was placed on lockdown and became curious about that because they had five reported cases as of yesterday. Yet Washington mm-hmm. County had nine reported right. cases. Right. So I, I did some research. She says, I did some research, uh, thinking perhaps that Washington County has far less people. Uh, well, turns out Erie County has a population of 274,000. Yeah. Washington County has 205,000. Yeah. Uh, and and this is from Gigi. She says, seems to make sense that Washington County should be shut down as well. Although, this piecemeal approach is absurd because the virus, I, Governor Wolf and everybody else, the virus doesn't know from, you know, lines on a friggin' map. I mean, oh, what? Totally, what, totally. what no, I should, no, I think the state needs to be shut down at this point. I mean, it, it, you know, uh, yeah, I don't really understand the piecemeal either, but. I, I don't know. I guess it's, I, yeah, I don't know. This is the kind of way, I, this is just the way Pennsylvania politics always seems to work, though, you know? So I just have to, like, ease people into shit, you know? <laughs> like, well, or, or well, I, 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 well, I, look, I don't know that Pennsylvania politics has ever, from my experience, worked very well at all. Um, and I just, um, man, we need people to um, uh, step up. Um, hey, I did get, I found some good news and I want to okay. share, share it with everybody. Uh, let me just get it up here. Um, the coronavirus, this is from the Washington Post today. Um, okay. First of all, you know, as we know, viruses evolve, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they mutate. They they uh, they figure out how to get nastier. Yeah, they're, and living, stuff. they're living things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of living things. They yeah. need a host. They're sort of like yeah. in a zombie state until they get yeah. into our cells. This one, <laughs> and then they sort of come to life and they start replicating, like uh, you know like crazy. But here's the good news. The coronavirus is not mutating significantly, it appears. And that is according to scientists around the globe who are busy studying this virus's genetic code. And the relative stability of this particular virus suggests that it is less likely to become 
to change, obviously, as it spreads, become more dangerous or, uh, unfortunately, less dangerous. But what's encouraging about this is it makes the possibility of a long-lasting vaccine right. uh, more more possible. You know, if you stop right. and think about it, the, the, yeah. the regular flu, as we know, um, they change the flu uh, shot every year, trying right. to figure out which particular, you know, right. strain is... A guessing game. Yeah. Right. It's a total guessing game. Because the regular flu is mutating constantly. And yeah. they're saying, this one, though... Um, if it if it appears to not be what they call slippery like that, yeah. uh, then it means that they will be able to perhaps, when they find a vaccine, have right. a vaccine that will. La- In other words, you get it's like a vaccine for uh, measles or um, right. mumps. Right. Once right. you, you take it, right. once. And um, that's which would mean that it won't come back every year like the flu, because that had been predicted that it would basically be like a new flu in addition to the flu. Right. Right. But so exactly. But this is the first time I'm seeing this. And let's hope that this article is uh, correct. They they say um, there are a few different strains. Uh, They've found about four to ten genetic differences between the strains that infected people here at, and the one <clears throat> that infected people in China. And while that sounds awful to me, uh, the scientist says that is a very small number of mutations for having passed through so many people around the globe. Yeah. And so, at, yeah, so he says at this point, the mutation rate of this particular coronavirus would suggest that if a vaccine is developed for it, it would be that one-time vaccine rather than a new vaccine every year like the flu. So yeah. let us hope that that is true. That is, I tell you, that is the best thing I have read in That's a true. Long that time. is that. That's that's extremely encouraging for sure. That it could just be a, you know, if, if they're able to find a vaccine, you know, yeah. when they're predicting they would in the next maybe like eight months or something, then then we could just have this this one one, one horror show for a year, right. yeah, one year where we're having uh, or a year and a half. Who knows? Yeah. I man, yeah. who knows? And you know, well, here's where then it'll be over. Oh, yeah, I'll Back see you at services. Years. Save me a place in the pew. <laughs> here, here is some not-so-good news. Uh, the county is just, uh, Allegheny County has just announced that um, a staff member at uh, the Glen Hazel Kane Community Living Center has tested positive. Um, yeah. uh, now, they say this this person does not provide direct care to the people there, but that that's uh, what, whatever. You do not want that virus in a building that's housing so many vulnerable people. So no, that is that is not. not good news. I'm sorry to no. follow so quickly with no. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see a lot of good news in Allegheny County um, in terms of the spread and or deaths of this um, that are associated with this anytime soon because oh no it just seems to be going up and up. I think well we, sure. We, I think yesterday we had a death um, where they didn't, didn't even know the person it. had it. They didn't even know the person had it until after death. Right. Um, so the second the second death uh, that we know of in Allegheny County uh, was a, a sixty seven year old, I think, maybe seventy six. Yeah, seventy six year old woman in Greenfield. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. And she died, but she had never been tested. Nobody had right. counted her as as a positive. And the medical yeah. examiner found, yeah, she died of this. Right. It was like posthumously. They 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 figured they figured or, or sorry posthumously I should say. <laughs> Um, yeah. They, uh, yeah, they figured out she had she had the virus, which is 
yeah, it's really scary. And, and, you know, and, and like, you know, Allegheny County and the surrounding region, especially is really old. Um, you know, yeah. and we also like smoke a lot. <laughs> like we have high asthma rates because of air pollution. We're, we're an extremely vulnerable place. And I know that's like kind of scary, but at the same time, I just think that just, just be another reminder of people to really take extra caution in our region because of our high proportion of the demographics that really fit into those vulnerability statistics. Well, as an old asthmatic uh, in Allegheny County, I, I certainly <laughs> underscore what you, what you have said. Um, yeah. I, I saw somewhere that um, because people are uh, that beards are are trending, men who are. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm growing out a beard, even though I can't grow a beard, so I just look like an idiot. But <laughs> but yeah, but so everybody's doing that. So yeah, you, that's what all you guys when we come out of the other end of this are gonna look like, you know, crazed uh, mountain men. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to look like a prepubescent uh, boy <laughs> because that's about, all I can, that's about all I can grow. That's all you're good for, huh? <laughs> no matter what. They just get longer. They just, I, they look, it looks terrible, honestly. You mean like, like one little hair here, yeah, one little like hair here? patches that get kind of long, but they don't really get like bushy or scruffy or anything. Yeah, I understand. Like <laughs> well, as long as your girlfriend still loves you, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. She says I should do it. So we could just an experiment to see. What it like. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, hey, did you see? Um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Um, did you see they're probably going to uh, uh, change the um, election date? Yes, um, I think the they primary. did. Yeah, I thought they I did. Think, I, the House voted it through. The Senate still needs okay. to vote, and uh, uh, the governor says he's going to sign it. It could be today, honestly. Um, yeah. So that's I, I think that's a good move, and I think uh, City Paper we're going to do a um, uh, a story about it, but also kind of uh, remind people and and you know encourage people to uh, you know use a new vote by mail law. Exactly. Uh, because, you know. Um, exactly. So and about that. I had just made. Yeah, I'm looking right here. I'd made myself a note here. Guys, here's what we're all going to do, and you can do this now. You can yep. apply to vote by mail. Just go to AlleghenyVotes.com, okay? Yep. AlleghenyVotes, yep. one digit, dot com. And, yeah, um, online, and, yeah. then they can, and then they'll send you a ballot when it's finalized. And um, it was, but I, I don't know what the timeline on it being finalized. It's supposed to be finalized by kind of by now, but... With the court shut down, and right, um, you know they have to figure out uh, how to, you know, who's going to get kicked off the ballot or anything like that. So, right. um, but they'll send it directly to you, and you can just fill it out from there. So please, you know, that's something you can add and fill out your census forms. Yeah, that too. Your census forms and AlleghenyVotes dot com. All all important stuff. Um, so. Well, Ryan, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna torture you too much, but somewhere on tape we do have, because it's all archived, that little exchange between us when we were remember the good old days when we were sitting next to each other and, <laughs> and I turned to you and said, So what do you think about this uh possible <laughs> pandemic in China? And uh you said Ha something to that effect. Oh yeah, play, these things come out. around every yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember uh, that? Oh, of course I do. Uh, I still, I still remember it. I, I, I actually applaud myself for adjusting. And uh, <laughs> I mean, that is really what it's about, though. Did you see that story about? Um, you, there was that viral story about those spring breakers that were oh, playing the virus, and everybody was making fun of them. I got pretty mad at that because I'm like, these kids are like 20 years old. Like, like we all did stupid things. We all did like dumb things when we were 20. And like, why are we like, you know? Yeah, but the dumb things. Listen, wait a minute. The dumb things yeah. we did when when I did when I was 20, and I must say 21, 22, 23, 24 too. Yeah. yeah. Those were dangers to myself. Right. But we've never been through anything like that. I don't care. That if I, those fucking, every one of those bikini-clad sons of bitches, I looked at and saw mm -hmm. a murderer. Because that's the reality. You would have done the 
same exact I would not. If this had happened at 20 years old. I would not. know. You, you, you didn't but know me I, then, I assure yeah. you. I never did a spring break any kind of thing. Uh-uh. I, 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 but, um, you know, anyway, I just no. think a lot of this. A lot of us would have. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is that that guy who, like, had the video, it looked like he got punched in the face, too. You got <laughs> it. Uh, no, no, he apologized. Oh, well, good for him. apology. And, like, and yeah, I, think, well. I think that's, like, I think that's, um, that's what, what needs to happen in these situations is, like, we need to adjust. Like, because what's the real, like, you know, way to handle these things? Anytime there's a pandemic, do we just, freak out instantly or yes. because we... it's not freaking out it's not freaking out uh-huh. it's being wise right. right it's being communitarian as opposed to but i wanting to go in spring right. break right. Right. so anyway hey we're out of time buddy okay. you got work that, to do i do you gotta grow a beard and you gotta write a story so yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Bye. And as for the rest of you, I'll be uh, I'll be here tomorrow because, well, this is where I'll be every day, every day until I'll see you at Easter services. Okay. Be smart. Stay well. Bye. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.